2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: Oh, hey, this is Kate and you're listening to the Fabulous Queens podcast. Katie and Nathan would like you to know that their show contains some strong language. So if you're not down with colorful swears, this might not be the show for you. Since you clearly like learning about women in history, check out my podcast, The Exploress, where we time travel back through history to find out what life was like for women of the past. Cheers, bitches! Hi, this is Katie.
1: And this is Nathan.
0: And you're listening to Queen's Podcast,
2: the show about badass women in history. Oh my gosh, Catherine the Great Part 3. It's going to be a four-part series.
1: Yeah, this bitch is extra in all of the right ways.
2: Extra, (laughs) extra read all about her. Yes, indeed. She, this life is just, oh my gosh, I can't, i i'm so excited to get into the, this next chapter how about you nathan
1: i am ready for this bananas story i'm so stoked and
2: i love <laughs> that you're still rocking your fuzzy russian hat i love how committed you are to it
1: um because it's fierce and fabulous end of the
2: <laughs> it is the three f's it definitely
1: <laughs> f cube bitch <laughs>
2: before we get started though we got some patreon shout outs so shout out to helen leisha kayla and caroline
1: also shout outs to amber helena i have a friend whose child's name is helena and
2: spelled the same way maybe it's helena Helena. yeah
1: so you know you got a little extra airtime there Ashley, Hannah, Clayton, Sam, and Savannah. Ooh, that rhymed. I like
2: that (laughs) And today we're actually taking a break from our Moscow Mule, which was the cocktail, because we're recording this on Easter, so we decided mimosas felt a little bit more like the season.
1: So... So chill Chill. so where did we leave off so uh, Catherine's husband peter has abdicated the throne and Catherine is now the empress of russia on her Yes. so though some people were like uh is she gonna rule in the name of her son until he's old enough and they're like
2: hmm everyone was like shruggy emoji (laughs) let's see what happens (laughs)
1: So, so i don't think she really though had any intention of actually <laughs> letting him rule when he no, came no age, no no <laughs>
2: Catherine had no intention in just being a regent for her son which I'm, uh, yeah she was this shit is mine now absolutely <laughs> about two days after the coup Catherine returns to St. Petersburg like still dressed in like the military costume that we last saw her in she is committed to this bit I am
1: living for it, honestly. I love
2: it. So she rides in on her white horse looking extra in her military costume. And the people of St. Petersburg are like into it. They are fucking, (laughs) they love the spectacle. They love the show. They're ringing the church bells. People were cheering in the streets. I'd say that's a warm welcome. I'd say that's a good start.
1: Yeah, it's like the crowd went wild. (gasps) So, but within a week, one week of her coup, (laughs) we already have the first scandal. Scandal! Guys, we're literally, we're not shitting you when we say this woman's life is crazy. (laughs) One week.
2: Never a dull moment.
1: Yeah, right. And of course, it's about our lovely piece of shit friend, Peter.
2: P.O.S. Peter.
1: (laughs) So, after he abdicated the throne, Peter was taken prisoner and taken to like one of those palaces where he was. Guarded by some of Catherine's like dudes in her inner circle. Yeah.
2: It was kind of like when we talked about, you know, like Mary queen of Scots, when she was taken prisoner, he wasn't like thrown in a jail. He was imprisoned in one of his palaces. So
1: yeah, that's not really jail. Yeah.
2: But it's, I mean, he's still like, still (laughs) was watched and he couldn't like leave if he wanted to or anything, but he's not like rotting in a prison cell. (laughs) We don't know exactly what happened within a week of the coup peter is dead so we do know whatever happened (laughs) it escalated quickly yeah i
1: was about to say wait hold up up. but pump the (laughs) (laughs) brake. so Catherine's dudes wrote her a letter to tell her of peter's death and in their telling the story they said that peter apparently got too drunk one night since he was you know still allowed to have a liquor and he loved getting too drunk
2: it was kind of (laughs) his thing (laughs)
1: so drunk ass peter and one of the guards got into an argument that turned into a fist fight and they said before they could stop the fight peter was dead like i say you he. i feel
2: like something is missing in that story (laughs) (laughs) like
1: how do you go from fist fight to I
2: mean, maybe the guard that he got in the fight with was big old dude. I don't know. Peter wasn't.
1: Seems awfully suspicious, though. It seems
2: suspicious. Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. I love it. It seems suspicious. Yes,
2: but it seems very convenient for Catherine, doesn't it? I mean, if there's one thing we've learned of these like cutthroat courts all throughout history, is if you've got a contender that's alive. It's a problem for you.
1: Oh, fuck yeah. Like that's, you can have an uprising in their name and like-
2: Without that person even like consenting to it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll never actually know what happened, but it looks fishy. (laughs) Most historians believe Catherine didn't have anything, like didn't order his death or anything. But that didn't stop the gossip throughout the entire country.
1: It's suspicious. sis.
2: It, the gossip <laughs> ran like wildfire. Just like, hey. The most popular rumor was that Catherine ordered the death by having Peter's throat slit in his sleep.
1: Oh, no. That's the one that I thought, like, she probably, like, that's the one that I grew up thinking probably yeah. happened. Was that she had slit his throat. Like, I believed that. And I was like, no, she might have not actually killed him. She,
2: yeah, most people think she didn't actually have anything to do with it, but it definitely... Worked out in her favor,
1: right? So Catherine's advisors are like, "Yo, you got to put out a statement that he died of natural causes." So the statement she <laughs> I'm put sorry. out. So the statement she put out, shit you not said that he had such bad hemorrhoids <laughs> that it gave him a stroke, and that's how he
2: died. What do P- I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know enough about hemorrhoids. Can you die of a stroke? <laughs> i didn't think
1: so like <laughs>
2: but yeah, everyone in russia just kind of went uh, okay fine <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty bad like,
1: but at peter's funeral like he, he was actually dressed in that his beloved little prussian army mm-hmm. outfit insert eye roll I here know. like i'm pretty sure it's like oh, i'm sure guy. he actually would have liked that too yeah. fuck this guy yeah
2: but <laughs> In his little army outfit, he had, what do they call it? A carvat? Is that how you say it?
1: Like the little necktie, poofy necktie thing? Yeah, a cravat.
2: He had one of those that, like, was so big that it went all the way up to his chin. So you couldn't see his neck.
1: Uh, Oh, shady lady university's calling. Mm. They might have a scholarship.
2: (laughs) But yeah. So that didn't help anything. Maybe the guards did strangle him, you know. Maybe mm. they just thought this will make Catherine happy and strangled him or yep. cut his throat. We don't we just we're just we're just never gonna know. There's so many possibilities.
1: Yeah, but needless to say, her reputation in Europe is not getting off to a really good start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So all these diplomats and rulers are like She's kind of sort of resembling Ivan the Terrible, which it's in the name.
2: He's a bad dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Period. Uh but there's this guy, Voltaire. Maybe you've heard of him, <laughs> if you like literature uh he was the the face of the enlightenment movement that was going on in western europe and he stood up for her so that was really big on her side she had him on her side which is really big for her he said something like when a heavy drinker dies of hemorrhoids it teaches us to be sober
2: which i don't really get what that means but but it's obviously in her favor i guess it means like um he brought this upon himself or something like that like
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I kind of got from is like, well, don't. Yeah, I wonder
2: if like some of that was (laughs) lost in the translation. I was like, so a year later, she would actually start her correspondence with Voltaire. And they never met in person, but they were basically pen pals for years. And his writing and his advice really affected her style of ruling, which was, One of the reasons that she's kind of like given the name the Great and kind of compared to Peter the Great is she was like, I want to bring Russia into the modern world. And Mm -hmm. uh, Voltaire had a lot to do with that dot 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 until the French Revolution when she was like, enlightenment, I don't know her. (laughs)
1: yeah that's whenever everything was like oh shit exit stage left (laughs) um let's talk about her coronation omg i'm seeing like flashlights uh, flashlights flashbulbs from cameras going off like she is glamorous it is to do honey um everybody's there (laughs) Uh, took place on September 22nd, 1762. So Catherine is about 33 That's years old. That's pretty young
2: to have already gone through everything she's gone through and started a military coup and just been like-
0: Yeah. I mean,
2: we have to think about it. She's not Russian. Like, <laughs> she's not, like, Peter the Great had made it to where daughters, like, it wasn't just your oldest son inherits. You could appoint an inheritance. Um, It could be your daughters. It could be your youngest son, something like that. She's, no one has appointed her. She is not in the Russian royal family.
1: She's self-appointed. She is (laughs)
2: self-appointed. And everyone has just sort of gone, well, she seems like the most competent. So fine. So to have (laughs) the balls and everything and the self-confidence to do that by the age of 33, just... um, that's just mind-boggling to me. What do you think?
1: I know it's crazy to think about how she's basically a foreigner that comes in and rules the country. Like, and it's like, I'm going to take the throne now, and they're like, "Cool, you seem yeah. awesome." <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, love ya. <laughs> like nobody had any so problems. And like, like, guess good what? Good. She did a really fucking good job. There's some. There's some areas of shade that we would. Like no to one's gloss perfect. Over. And, we'll get, <laughs> and we'll get to that. But let's get back to her coronation. So it lasted four fucking hours.
2: Well, so did her whenever she like switched religions, her religious ceremony that time lasted four hours too. So I guess they're just real in to real long ceremonies.
1: I know it does not appeal to me. And she had a crown for this occasion and y'all, y'all, y'all,
2: y'all. It's called... (laughs) the I imperial know. imperial crown of russia stop real quick and google it we will wait da, 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 da. <laughs> all right you've looked it up you've seen it
1: ah! it is a gorgeous it is like teetering
2: on gaudy, though
1: Oh, for sure. It's got like that diamonds everywhere. It looks like it's opening up and there's like blood, that blood red underneath it. Oh, it's gorgeous.
2: Yeah, it's two spheres that are opened up over red like velvet or whatever on the bottom. And the two spheres, there's some symbolism there. I can't remember. Maybe it's supposed to represent like the two halves of Russia or like the future and the past of Russia. But there's like symbolism there. Um, five thousand diamonds. I think <gasps> that's a slight exaggeration. I think it was like forty nine hundred seventy
1: five diamonds. Oh, Katie, you are not historically accurate. I'm gonna speak to you. <laughs> that is,
2: that is so many diamonds.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it didn't have like seventy five pearls mm-hmm. on it. So it's not just diamonds, honey. We've got pearls here it too. It weighed
2: <laughs> nine pounds.
1: Oh, God. Whole
2: new meaning to heavy is the head that wears the crown.
1: <laughs> I'm just imagining like whenever she gets back home and she's got the crown on, she turns on the radio and it's like, my neck, my bad. Everything super hurts. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes. Well, luckily she didn't wear the crown the entire four hours. It was just like the last part of the ceremony when they put it on her. This crown was worn by every Russian monarch at their coronation until the last czar. So, it's...
1: Badass. Yes,
2: it was a big <laughs> fucking deal. I could talk about this crown a lot longer. I won't Google it. You're welcome. It's
1: gender neutral, too, obviously. It's
2: gender neutral, yes. Gender Absolutely. Neutral. Everybody loves 5,000 diamonds.
1: <laughs> diamonds are not just a girl's Mm-mm. best friend.
2: <laughs> but, yeah. So... Coronation's a big deal, is what we're getting at. (laughs) Catherine also used this time to hand out gifts. We kind of talked a little bit before how gift giving was a big part of Russian court. She used this as a reason to give out gifts to her favorites and the people that she owed her takeover to. She gave her lover, uh, Orloff, 50,000 rubles or RuPaul's. She (laughs) gave both of his brothers a big compensation like that, too. And then she gave every single soldier that participated on her part of the coup half a year's salary as a bonus.
1: Holy shit. I'm still, I still can't get the image of uh, Orlov getting 50,000 <laughs> I, I You, better, I just look. you 50, better look. You better 50, look. You better look. 50,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> she also made a public announcement that she was not going to retaliate against anyone who supported Peter, which I really think was a good move to kind of smooth everything over
2: and giving the money to the soldiers because again like the military the troops are such a big deal in russian culture and then like partying everybody i think that is such a way that she's showing people like i don't care about the past i want to make russia strong let's move forward together as a united you know what i'm saying
1: Yeah, she's showing mercy to people that didn't like her, you know, and that's that's a really good quality in a leader. So things are looking good, but Catherine does have one big problem, which I think a lot of people do. (laughs) Money, money,
2: money, money, money. money. What was her problem with the money? She doesn't have any money. That's her problem. (laughs) Yeah, she
1: she she ran out. She's at the bar trying to get drinks from all the other countries.
2: (laughs) Can you put this on Poland's tab? Thanks. (laughs) uh the russia russia had been in a war called the seven years war because people that name wars aren't particularly creative and it had gone on for seven years and it has left them broke as a joke the french ambassador at the time overheard Catherine, just like she's just in like her study looking at like all her paperwork she has to do and she's just muttering to herself mine is such a vast empire
1: and i I think that some people could take that one way as saying like oh look at how proud and big my country is Look at my big dick.
2: But I think it was actually her just kind of being like, fuck, this is a lot of, this is a lot. How much did I take on? Oh,
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I definitely agree with that yeah. interpretation. Of that. I really love this about her. She wanted her hands in every every pot like she wanted to be involved in everything well i mean she's the fucking monarch of russia so she kind of should be here I, no
2: i love that too because it wasn't uh, it wasn't a precedent set by the people that came before mm-hmm. her like there there were these daily reports that they brought the monarch every like the her team would do and she was like well i want the full reports brought to me every morning and they were like oh well like With Elizabeth, we just brought her like the highlights of the reports. We read them and then we just brought her the highlights and I don't fucking know what they did with Peter. (laughs) I don't think Peter cared about the reports. (laughs) He was was
1: playing with his toy soldiers and drinking.
2: And Catherine was like, I don't really care what other people did. I want to read every single word of these reports. And her dudes were like, they're really long. (laughs) She's like, just bring up, like, stop questioning it.
1: She she was a reader yeah. anyway. Like, she was an avid reader. But she also became heavily involved in the Senate. So, like, the Senate in Russia didn't actually pass the laws. That was what the yeah. monarch did. But they each represented parts of the country and figured out how to like implement the laws in those areas it's kind of giving me almost america vibes yeah
2: but isn't our senate like don't they vote on if the laws pass or not yeah these guys yeah it's
1: like halfway kind of there but not like it's like you have representation at least you have representation
2: russia was an autocracy which means you know the Mm -hmm. monarchy made the final decision on everything but they did have power to be like help sway the person but couldn't actually mm-hmm. vote on it but yeah one day they're discussing this one region of Russia that's really, really rural nobody it becomes apparent to Catherine that nobody in the Senate or herself had ever been to this town and so Catherine's kind of like I'm not really familiar with that area somebody like let's break out a map and see what we can kind of figure out
1: <laughs> and everybody like looks around and goes uh uh
2: you had the map last, right?
1: Uh, we totally have one of those. Uh, how, do you, how do you say, map, say it again? Ma- uh,
2: a map. Oh, map. Um, you, know, you know,
1: I. Oh. I'll go get the map.
2: Yeah. Oh, the mop. mop. Yeah, we're gonna do screaming. Yeah, <laughs> That's the <straight>. mop. Yeah. <laughs> they did not have a map of Russia, and she's like, seriously, guys. <laughs> yeah. How are we supposed to represent this? This like huge fucking country if we don't even know where these cities are.
1: So she has an atlas of Russia commissioned <laughs> and gifted to the Senate with a note that basically said, uh, real cute, thought you were cute, but uh, do be
2: better. better. I know y'all meant well, but <laughs> come on, guys. We're paraphrasing the note, but that's basically the gist of it. So the church, we've talked about a little bit um, the Orthodox Church in Russia. It was a big aspect of every life in Russian, like Russians' day to day. So let's discuss Catherine's relationship with the Russian Church because um, it's complicated.
1: Yeah, whenever she went on Facebook and her, re- <laughs> it's like her religion status. It's complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> so during Peter's reign. He had taken away all the churches, like many, many lands, and made them taxable. So they used to be tax exempt, like they are tax exempt nowadays in our country, which...
2: We won't get into, it's fine.
1: No, uh, but they weren't paying taxes on it, and now they are. So Catherine has always been this pious, religious... No, she has
2: appeared to be, like that's her game that she e- plays.
1: Very, very good point there, Katie. (laughs) So they expected her to like immediately reverse this tax exempt status, you know, uh, give them back their tax exempt status. Did not. But
2: yeah, we (laughs) know in our heart that Catherine doesn't really care about religious religion. Um, She's just always played the part because it wins her love and she's smart. But she thought it was actually criminal that the church had so much land. And Paid no taxes on it when, she, like, people are going without because the country is broke, you know?
1: Yeah, and they, they just dropped a hundred grand on some piece of property. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. So, this is her first major crossroads because she knows that she needs, like, if the church turns on her, the people could turn on her. And she's really early in her reign that is already kind of questionable. So it's a, it, it's a sticky situation for her. Um, there, she was like, it was a real crisis of conscience for her. Cause she's like, there is so much we could do for this country. If they were just paying regular tax rates on all this land they owned, we could, Educate and feed the poor. We could build roads that you can actually travel on in the winter
1: could do things that they were doing in western europe exactly. basically like making expanding your country and i mean it's i think it's only natural to look and be like nobody has any money here and then you look at the church and then there's like this big money bag yes. like wait a second here honey we don't have any money we need Yes <laughs>
2: and you're not you're not doing anything th- Yes exactly and also the church had a bunch of serfs Surf's
1: up. <laughs> i love how we do this jokingly serfs are basically fucking slaves they're, they're <laughs> slaves they are the lowest class in the hierarchy and they are tied to the land they were yeah. born to so it's a little different than like american slavery because american slavery they were actually treated like property where you could sell them to other people whereas the surf is part like,
2: of the property kind of yeah
1: part of it so like if i buy katie's house i get bailey for free. bailey is my dog yes Her dog.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's slightly better than like america they're both shitty so i don't want to say one is better but like, yeah in american awful. slavery you hear about like families getting sold apart a lot that didn't really Ugh. happen with serfdom because you were tied to the land so the family more or less stayed together Though i think there were exceptions to that they're both horrible because like the the person that it's slavery it's it's slavery <laughs> and it's, the person it's, that it's, owned the land could still kill their serfs if they fucking felt like it most of the time uh, so
1: uh, yeah, was, okay this is making me I, sick
2: the church owned a bunch, of bunch of serfs because they owned a bunch, of bunch of land. So again, they've got all this property that they're not paying taxes on and they don't necessarily have to treat those serfs well. Catherine has a problem with all of this. She's embarrassed that Russia even still has serfs.
1: She's in the Enlightenment era. You know, like that's her, that's her jam.
2: I think. Serfdom is a really good point to look at, like when we talk about how Russia was so far behind all of their contemporaries. England, for example, abolished serfdom in the 1500s.
1: We're talking like 200 and almost 250 years, basically. About 250 250 years years. later,
2: and Russia, something like 85% of the Russian population were serfs.
1: Holy moly. Right? That's so sad. This
2: is a huge embarrassment for her. She does want to abolish serfdom, but also like, how do you do that without completely tanking? Do you you see that like dilemma there? Yeah,
1: I see it. So the church and the serfs are literally the two big things early on in Catherine's rule that she wants to change. Mm -hmm. But the serfs and the church.
2: The serfs and the church.
1: (laughs) There are two things that are like, ingrained in Mm -hmm. Russian culture. And she needs the church and the aristocrats who, you know, own all the land, thereby owning all of the serfs, to be on her side. So, you know, she's still kind of new. Not trying to push any buttons, get in the way of anybody. (laughs) Doesn't really have a good claim to the throne. (laughs) (sighs) Don't step on any toes.
2: (laughs) So her solution, let's make the church... Kind of like the military. It's like a branch of the government now, and it's like on the government payroll. So all the lands and all the serfs now belong to the government, and we allow you to use them. They're granted to you, just like we grant the military land to practice military on. But you pay taxes on it, and you pay taxes on your serfs. And all the priests and whatnot now all get their paychecks from the government and they can like regulate that. And hopefully it takes out some of the corruption in the church too.
1: Yeah. So she's trying to basically kill two birds with one stone in a sense. Like that's what I'm kind of getting.
2: And also they have a new rule. The church now has to help educating the lower classes. They have to offer like school
1: Oh my gosh, education, educating people is a good what? thing. What? What?
2: <laughs> oh I mean, God. I don't think she was expecting the the church to like offer like Ivy League education to the poor people, but basically teaching them like, you know, the world is the earth is round and here is your alphabet yeah you know? these
1: i mean this is one of the reasons why i'm not like a, a middle school teacher but these kids are dumb asses these kids
2: are dumb <laughs> they're, they're, like
1: and they need no, you know we should we should say
2: because there's a difference between dumb and uneducated
1: yeah it's these, uneducated these kids
2: sure. are very very uneducated <laughs>
1: so the compromise was Super popular with the nobility at the time. And the serfs, surprisingly, are on board. Not that it mattered. Yeah, not that it really (laughs) mattered, because nobody's going to give a fuck about serfs. Um, Serfs down. Um, (laughs) So now the empress is, you know, technically the owner of the serfs. So any grievances that they have will go straight to her, right?
2: (laughs) A little nope, but it's cute that you think
1: that <laughs> all the serfs that worked for the churches were now given the title quote unquote state peasants
2: but in their mind they're thinking it is a step in the right direction like nothing about their life really changes but they think the change in title and now that their direct supervisor is the empress they're like this is this gotta be a step in the right direction you know
1: mm-hmm. but life really doesn't change for them all that much because mm-hmm. you know you can't quit being a slave
2: yeah, <laughs> like you know, that's
1: not. You don't say. I'm gonna hand in my two week notice because I do not want to be a slave anymore. Like, no. I would
2: like to not be beaten and raped by you anymore. Here is my notice. <laughs> that's, that's not really <laughs> something you got to do. Yeah,
1: because you're a peasant. And... Yeah. So church workers were kind of split on this decision. Some were saying, "Hey, fine, this is okay. I'm good with it." And then others are like, "Fuck the fuck off. Hold up, no."
2: There were some of them that were really mad that they had to provide education now. They were like, legit, like, fuck them kids. Fuck them dumbass kids. Yes, fuck them dumbass kids. (laughs) But honestly, in a situation where there was always going to be somebody that was pissed off, things went as well as can be expected for Catherine in this
1: that's where her professional life is and Mm -hmm. i think our girl is a little notorious for her personal life too so we're Mm -hmm. gonna get into that relationship with mr gregory orloff oh my god
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) i
1: feel like they talk about Catherine's like love life more than anything oh my god and it's
2: such a fucking propaganda machine because the ridiculous things that they talk about in her love life
1: she fucks a horse
2: Oh my god! That is oh the
1: most god. annoying it's thing all ever. To get started. Just because she likes big dick.
2: <laughs> if you compare her sex life to that of even the most run of the mill kings, it's boring, mm-hmm. you know. But because she's a woman, and how do you discredit women? You.
1: She's a slut.
2: You call them whores. You call them sluts. So her sex life, uh, like almost outshines everything else. I was listening to just short little tangent, but I was listening to a podcast called um, Drinks with Great Minds in History, and he was talking about Catherine the Great. And he went, he was like, now let's talk about her sex life. All I'm going to say about that is I don't care. And we're not going to talk about it. And I was like, yes. I
1: love it. Thank you. <laughs> nobody sits here and talks. Okay. People do talk about Henry VIII's sex life because he's, you know, it's, whole, it's, it's, a, it's a, kind it's a of part thing. of his brand. But for most of it, like, people didn't care who the king fucked. Right? They didn't care that he had a mistress. They didn't care that. And so all of a sudden, oh, she's a woman. So who's
2: with her tonight?
1: It's like, what? You don't care with the king.
2: Fuck off. However... I do want to talk about Gregory Orloff because oh, you know a- in this sh- in this show I feel like we do like to talk about their personal lives to an extent because you want to think about how would I have been in this situation. And
1: yeah, for sure. Uh, if there's anything about Catherine, she's a serial monogamist, if anything. By is. the way, and
2: having being in love and knowing she's loved in return. Is a big part of her life. Yeah. Ma- maybe it's because she didn't grow up always knowing that she was loved. The
1: truth. So she loved Orloff.
2: Loved uh, him.
1: And not a lot of people did. Uh, probably including Queen's podcast. He is a, one of those this fucking guys.
2: Yes. He, <laughs> he did help her get her throne. Her and her yeah. his brothers were instrumental in her coup but a lot of the people in russia didn't like how much like they they just weren't a popular family because they were all a bit in your face you know yeah
1: abrasive sandpaper
2: and they didn't care what anybody thought about them and it just
1: yeah if you're sitting there around they're bragging about how close you are with the empress and how much shit you can get done and it's all gonna be because of me that's not people are gonna be like yo you're Asshole. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really the moral of yeah. the story. And while, you know, we do believe that she loved him for pretty much their 13 years together, I don't think she was ever serious about it. Like, she was not going to be Beyonce and put a ring
2: on it. Well, like, she would later say that if he would have just, spoiler alert, been faithful to her, she would have happily been with him for the rest of his her life but a woman in that position what are you going you're not going to gain anything by getting married again mm-hmm. and Orlov hated that they weren't married she was just a bit like whoa why do you need that like is it just because you want my power you know what i mean
1: that is exactly what it is I, she even made him account bought him a mansion so i mean yeah. even though it didn't work out in the end for these two don't feel fucking bad for this guy
2: The titles, the money, the prestigious court wasn't enough for him. He told her, I'm sick of being the male pompadour.
1: Okay. Wait, hold up. Let's let's stop there. You're tired of being-
2: The male pompadour, which is, if any of you aren't familiar or haven't listened to our episode on Madame de Pompadour, she was a French mistress who was very powerful- for being a mistress.
1: I can hear her in France being like, I'm sorry, qu'est-ce que c'est?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Désolé, <laughs> pardon. So I think it also just goes to show how little Orlov knew. Like he was just trying to use a woman's name to make himself sound less powerful madame pompadour had a lot of power yeah you're giving
1: you're actually giving yourself a compliment there dude
2: (laughs) but basically what he's saying is like i i want something more than this and uh one of catherine's advisors this guy named panin which right now is one of her very trusted advisors like pulled her aside and was just like the wife of orloff will never be accepted as the Empress of Russia. And so mm-hmm. he, And that's kind of when she was like, I'm never, I I can't dude. I, yeah. I can't.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Panin had, Panin did not like <laughs> Orlov at all.
2: Nobody. Nobody liked nobody, Orlov nobody, except nobody for the did. other Orlovs. You know?
1: <laughs> so they remained together for many years, but 1773, she was donezo with his overbearing personality. So, when she gets word that he mm, seduced Ew. a 13-year-old. Ew. Oh. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, we're done. Done. Yeah. Done. Cut the cut the cameras but off.
2: I'm, I'm done. I'm done. So, Orloff <laughs> tried to win her back. She, he, she had once heard about this diamond in India that mm. was the largest diamond in the world. And so, he... He found somebody to go steal it and he bought it from them. And it still exists to this day. It's called yes. the Orloff diamond. Yes. She took it. She said, thank you. She put it in some crown jewels, but she still kicked him to the curb.
1: I <laughs> love this woman. She's like, thank you for the diamonds. I
2: think. It's giant. Uh, it's as big yeah. as my head. I love it.
1: I read on that diamond. It's like the way that they described it was it was like a half of an eggshell. Like, so it looks like it's the diamond's so big, it's like half of an eggshell. That's a fucking big ass diamond. I
2: think they put (laughs) it in like the scepter. Is that what it's called? Like, the Mm -hmm. yeah, they put it, she put it in the scepter. I think it's still like. In because I don't think unlike the French Revolution, where they ruined they killed all
1: of, everything, oh all they, they
2: ruined all of the jewels. Yeah, so I that... think a lot of the stuff still survives after the Russian Revolution. So I believe the Orloff diamond is still like in circulation or like at some kind of like where you can go see it in a museum.
1: Are you really surprised that Queen's podcast knows about diamonds and where nope. they are? <laughs> so, okay, back to ruling. Really back country. to the country. To yeah, really so we'll get back to this love life shit, don't worry. But there's 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 a lot going on in Russia that we gotta cover.
2: Yes. <laughs> Catherine really wanted to get the thoughts of the Enlightenment going in Russia, which was proving a challenge. One of the big principles of the Enlightenment is that it's wrong to be a monarch. It was like, you shouldn't be allowed to rule a country just because you were born into the family that rules the country. And Catherine was like, okay, yeah, that doesn't apply to me. I wasn't born into this family.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. I took it
2: by conquest. So I think it's kind of cute. Like the Enlightenment's really against a talk, like, uh, yeah.
1: Monarchies?
2: <laughs> yeah, or anything where one person is ruling. And so she kind of like bends the rules of the Enlightenment quite a bit during her rule. <laughs> she's but it does flexible. help her kind of, she's flexible <laughs> with the Enlightenment, but it helps her gear it in the right direction.
1: <laughs> so she wanted stronger education. She wanted. A fair judicial system. So she had been, had this idea of freeing the serfs for a while, like we said. And it would be a gradual sort of thing. But she believed... I don't she think could this is it-
2: a bad idea. I think it could have yeah. worked if more people were on board.
1: Yeah, f- freeing enslaved people is not...
2: It's, it's always a good <laughs>
1: it's always But I mean, the thing.
2: logistic idea that she yeah. had behind this one, I think could have worked if more people <laughs> were on board.
1: Yeah, she thinks she could have got it done in like more or less 100 years or so, give or take plus or minus 20. Um, minus every, 20. Time, <laughs> every time someone sold their lands from the serfs, what she would say is, once you sold your land, the serfs that are tied to the land are now free. So that's how you, you know, gradually get all these people free.
2: Yeah. And she had ideas for like programs that the church would sponsor to get the serfs ready to like live their own lives. But it just, it just didn't really gain any traction and it didn't really go anywhere. She had a lot of really, like that was a radical idea. And she had a lot of them she wanted to put in place. And so she started working on this book and she wrote to Voltaire about it and she called it the Zakaz, which I um I think it means the instructions. Ooh. And it's basically like the instructions on how, come on Russia, now let's get information. Hello, Beyoncé reference. Yes. <laughs> but no, it was like she was trying to work out like a legal code for the country to get them going into like the modern era. Yeah. The Nikkaz, I think this is funny. The Nakaz was so revolutionary that it was banned in France. Because <laughs> they were that like, we strange. don't want to start any kind of revolution, which LOL, France, okay. Let's see how that goes in like 30 years from now. <laughs>
1: they rebranded their french fries to freedom fries
2: (laughs) they were branded the nakaz into the guillotine
1: (laughs) to implement her thoughts from the nakaz she assembled what's now called legislative commission yes feels like i need sparkles uh what that was is that each region in russia sent in representation to explain their town explain their needs and what we need from you is xyz Mm. The fact that she's hearing other people, Mm -hmm. listening to their problems, that's super progressive for the time because she's listening to all walks of life, all religions, all classes, except the serfs. Except
2: the serfs. So, you know, except for like 85% of our population.
1: (laughs) Problematic, problematic.
2: Right. But, But she's inviting like upper class, middle class, lower class. And a big fucking deal is that she even invited people from other religions. There were tribes of people in Russia's more recently conquered lands that practiced Islam and Buddhism. And those people were invited as well.
1: Living for it.
2: That was very very um forward thinking that's, progress-
1: th- that's progressive for now that's yeah <laughs> so probably
2: in episode four we'll talk about her feelings towards judaism which makes me do a sad face but <laughs> it's not here no.
1: yet but. so she made sure everyone understood bitch i'm the queen have okay. you seen my crown it's got diamonds i'm Empress. i'm not uh,
2: sharing the rule with anybody but <laughs> y'all can tell me your ideas
1: Exactly. Thanks for your input.
2: Yes. <laughs> we will take this into consideration.
1: So, in the end, she's the one that makes the decisions, is what we're getting at.
2: <laughs> she just really had it in her mind that this was going to be a meeting of all these delegates. Everyone's going to come together, it's going to start some big conversations. Um, and it's just going to be revolutionary. And in the end, 500 delegates were sent, and they were super diverse but they were also super confused about what they were (laughs) supposed to be doing. There was like no other Russian ruler had ever done anything like this. And in fact, um, the Russian rulers usually sent out Pete, like sent out the police to make sure that local government wasn't doing anything so
1: so they're real skeptical is what you're getting at
2: they're suspicious yes (laughs) they are like is this a trap are you going to kill us
1: i mean i don't blame them because you know
2: yeah mm. (laughs) in the end it was a bit of a clusterfuck but the idea was great so Catherine was like maybe we'll we'll try again next year the only real thing that came from the commission. So she was like, she set them down and she's like, okay, here's the Nakaz. Y'all read it and then get back to me about what you want. She went away. She comes back and they're like, We are voting on what to call you. And she's like, What what to call me? What have you come up with Queen,
1: an... Empress, fabulous, beautiful, gorgeous, looks like Linda Evangelista?
2: <laughs> but that's not she was like, No, you're supposed to be working on like laws and legislation. And they were like no, we have we have not done that. We are <laughs> working on what to call you. She, it just it just absolutely blew her mind. But at the end, they're like, "We're gonna call you Catherine the Great," and she was like, uh, "Okay, that's not what you're here for." But I don't hate it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I don't hate it either. I think it's kind of awesome. I don't. So, it, it just
2: narrowly beat out all wise mother of the fatherland. Oh.
1: Okay, give it your Russian best effort. That sounds very Russian. It does. That sounds very Russian. Great
2: rolls off the tongue a little bit better.
1: Yeah, so she's like, okay, well, that was a good first try. (laughs) We'll try it again and be a little bit more productive next year. This year was just kind of a wash. Uh, That kind of took a back seat at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, Because the next year, they were in a long, expansive war. Oh,
2: oh war
1: good god y'all what, what is, is it good, good for oh,
2: absolutely, absolutely nothing yes
1: say it again now exactly. okay we go on yes. again the, that's a whole nother episode that's a
2: whole <laughs> queen's podcasting's hits of the 60s uh the russo-turkish war was it more or less went off and on for 400 years so we're not gonna get that deep into it <laughs> But the TLDR of the whole thing is that... Okay,
1: wait, 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 wait. I read this and was like, what the fuck is that? TLDR. So...
2: TLDR means too long didn't read.
1: I am ancient. <laughs>
2: grandpa,
1: and I had no idea what that meant. What the
2: fuck just that? Mean? <laughs> I am so old. <laughs> Basically, when Peter the Great was czar he took some lands from like the Ottoman empire. And he was like, you're not going to miss these. These are mine now. And the Ottoman empire is like, we do miss those very much. We would like them back. During this time, Russia was starting shit with Poland. You know how in our podcast, we talk a lot about how um, England and France are always starting shit with each other, Poland, Russia, very similar kind of relationship.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
2: so Russia starting shit with Poland. And while they were doing that, They kind of pushed in to the Ottoman Empire and the Turks, as they're called, were, the Turkish were always looking for reasons to start war with Russia. And since that war pushed in to the Ottoman Empire, they were like, cool, now we're going to start a war with you.
1: Yeah. So basically it's like when Istanbul was Constantinople. Constantinople. Istanbul, Constantinople. 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 That's what we're getting at.
2: (laughs) But this was a mistake. For the ottoman empire to fuck with russia at this time in history yeah they the war the this russo-turkish war went on for four years and the russians kicked the ottoman asses like at every single battle for four years it was it was it was not a fun time to be <laughs> in the turkish army nope 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 nope. nope.
1: (laughs) (laughs) but it did end up with russia getting a shitload more land hello that's that's part of the reason why she's Catherine the great you got to get a shitload of land to be the great yeah and that land was extremely valuable because it gave direct access to that profitable trade route that i think everybody learned about whenever it was like the silk road and all that shit i think
2: it's the black sea like their new land holdings like gave them access to new water and back then when they didn't have planes ship ship shipments is what we is what you wanted to be on ship ship, ship shipments shipments, yes.
1: shipments. yeah
2: <laughs> also in so they're rocking they got all this land that they've gained from the Ottoman Empire they've got land they've gained in Poland and Catherine has put one of her ex-lovers on the throne as king of Poland,
1: it pays to be a fucker of Catherine the Great.
2: It does. <laughs> Every single one of her lovers, even if it didn't end well, she like gives them like this huge pension afterwards. And Poniatowski became king of Poland. So uh, to uh,
1: sign me up, I mean, I'd fuck a chick if I was king of Poland. Right. Uh, but <laughs> honestly, this war was a bit of a turning point for Catherine because people are like damn this chick is not fucking around she's serious
2: yeah yeah
1: and to add insult to injury the turkish forces uh she she really made them pay for everything Mm -hmm. and uh, you know
2: well i started it
1: yeah you started it and wars are expensive so give me money uh so now they've got all this more land and she's getting all this debt so everyone's like okay We think we We kind of like
2: this chick. She's got (laughs) Russia's best interest and heart here. Like, yeah, it was a real turning point for her in the mind of a lot of people.
1: So regardless of their military victories, this wasn't a Great time in Russia. Oh. So there was a drought and a plague in 1771, and that on top of the cost of war that would go on for another three years, common people were really struggling. Mm-hmm. And Catherine was forced to put in higher taxes, and that hits the working class hard. Hello, we can all sympathize. And so Catherine made a move that really was not super cash money um she decided that the peasantry couldn't petition to her directly so they were just too much it was just too extra the, well, i just can't just... there's so many complaints well i mean there's so 80 85 percent of your population is peasants so.
2: and they had so many complaints that she was just like no that's enough
1: <laughs> not not again not super not cash money
2: super, it, it's not uh, it was not the right decision So, like, she puts, like, governors in place. And she's like, you make the complaint to them, and then they bring the complaint to me. All these people are just like... They just felt like you don't give a fuck about us, do you?
1: Yeah, it was super unpopular. And as a result, it resulted in as a result as a result, it result- resulted,
2: resulted in, in yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what happens when you result in a peasant's revolution.
2: They <laughs> want a revolution.
1: So the name the name of this um revolution is called Pukachev, but it's spelled like Pugachev. And so Pugachev, all I like every time
2: uprising.
1: Every every time I like research the Pugachev, because I'm gonna call it Pugachev. Um, I just imagine a pug with a Russian hat on like mine mm-hmm. marching to the Bedazome drum and going and overtaking Russia. So Sounds it adorable. wasn't that cute. It wasn't that adorable, Damn. guys. <laughs> it was not that adorable. It was a really bad time for a cat. Pugachev uprising,
2: <laughs> I think, or the the Pugachev might <laughs> might be really interesting to do for a Patreon sometime because I would have liked to have dived into this more, mm-hmm. but didn't have time.
1: And I do like pugs dancing and in I Russian And I do
2: outfits. like the thought of us <laughs> making some content of little snub-nosed dogs and furry hats. <laughs> but no, it was... Like, there had been a lot of peasant uprisings, which isn't surprising when you've got so many peasants, like... The The wealth distribution in this country is just whack-a-doodle. But the, all the other ones have been really easy to, like, smack down.
1: Yeah. This
2: one... This one put the fear of fucking God in Catherine.
1: Yeah, she literally went and sent, like, her first general out to squash the whole thing.
2: And they beheaded him. (laughs) And so yeah, that scared the fuck out of her because she's like, oh my God, this like ragtag army of peasants with pitchforks and like rakes could get to my head general and behead him. (laughs) Head head general.
1: (laughs) Headless general. Ah. Oh, you did a funny. Catherine's idea of enlightenment at this point. She's like, Enlightenment. I was formerly like who this. Now I'm like, oh man, I kind of really feel bad about this because these peasants are revolting, and that's kind of who I've been fighting for this entire time.
2: The book that I read, I found this part really interesting because I hadn't thought about it this way. It was like, um, she was like, Enlightenment, who did. Um, but it said, When it really came down to it, Catherine sent in soldiers, not philosophers.
1: Ooh, ooh. Yeah. I, my butthole just got clenched.
2: Yes. <laughs> this guy, Pukachev, the guy that the revolution's named after, was telling the peasants that he was Peter Third, and that Peter III was never killed. He just escaped. And that's me. And I'm going to lead you all. And if everybody follows me and helps me overthrow my bitch of a wife, I'm going to be czar or emperor. They didn't really use the term czar then. I'm going to be emperor and I'm going to make sure that all of you get 10,000 rubles. And everyone's like, woo!
1: You better work, you better work. work."
2: Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, in the end, Catherine's forces squashed the uprising, but it got way way bigger than it should have and yeah like we were saying it really scared the fuck out of katherine
1: so now that we've
2: palette cleanser um,
1: about, yeah palette cleanser now that we've talked about her professional life let's talk about her personal life <laughs> i feel like delilah, delilah. Do
2: you delilah? our non-american <laughs> Listeners or any of our listeners under 30 will not get that reference. Like,
1: what the fuck? So, y'all, it's really hard to tell the story of Catherine's life, literally, because there's so much going on right now. Uh, all
2: over the place. Like, things are, so yeah. much is happening at the same time in her life.
1: So she kicked, you know, Orlo pasta to the curb. So Orlov's <laughs> gone. Uh, she took up with this aristocratic dude who is super bone and hot, but she described him as being the most boring man in the world.
2: <laughs> I think we've all um, been there
1: yeah a very very a very good looking person, mm,
2: person that you're just like like have fuck. you read a book
1: <laughs> yeah dumb as fuck so their relationship with the dumb guy lasted about a year but then her life completely changed
2: remember we told you to bookmark his name and towards the end of the last episode but um when when she was like forcing Peter to abdicate, do you remember there was this soldier that broke ranks to run up to Catherine and offer oh, her I'll... his uh sword knot?
1: Story, I feel like this story is so made up.
2: No, it's real. <laughs> it's real. I, know. I feel like it's so
1: fake. I feel like she just wrote it and was like it's No, it actually of my happened.
2: <laughs> well, that guy, Gregory Potemkin, in the last few years, he has become a major general he fought in the seven years war and he uh trained troops to fight against the package uprising so he and catherine had really formed a relationship a little bit flirty but mainly professional relationship and it was going really well Mm -hmm. and then he kicks orloff to the side and she kicks her her dumb idiot to the side and there's Potemkin.
1: Yep. And he's pretty much assumed at this point to be the love of her. life. They like,
2: start starts sleeping th- together in 1774, which thank God. Cause 1773 sounds like it had been a really hard year for her.
1: Oh. <laughs> the oh. drought and the they... war
2: and the uprising. So I'm glad that she yeah. at least uh, fell in love the next year.
1: Yeah. And they were together for 17 years and, May have also gotten married. I don't which, know. Yeah, she what you, referred to him as a husband. She
2: referred to him as a husband. He referred to him as a, wife, her as a wife. There are some that say they did go and have like a civil ceremony. So what...
1: How very Henry VIII of her. I,
2: I don't... And so I could see why she wouldn't... If they did get married, I could see why she wouldn't have... Um, Broadcasted that because it could like hurt her position of power. What do you think? Do you think they like actually put it on paper? I think they just said called each other husband and wife because in their hearts they felt like they were husband and wife.
1: Yeah, you're watching a lot of hopeless romantic movies. <gasps> no, I didn't. Watching... No, 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 no. I'm down. I'm down with that. Like, I, I totally get your vibe. Like, I get. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I. I honestly think that's probably, you're probably yeah. right. But I want to, I just want to Henry VIII at Man and be like, they had like a secret ceremony on the side and we're like, oh, now we're married. Mary but we Henry don't want anybody to know. Yeah. But you don't want to know because, th- so for her as a woman, obviously she would get so much shit for
2: that. Yes. Yes. I mean, regardless though, their relationship was so passionate. Mm-hmm. Like...
1: You are my passion's You boy. are my
2: passion's for <laughs> Oh My god. <laughs> Temkin was about 10 years younger than her. And she has this she has this habit of going for younger guys, which you know what? Like I feel like well into like t- even towards her end of life, she's got like She's a very energetic person. So maybe she just needs a younger dude to match that energy. I don't know. And how
1: many fucking stories have we heard about 53-year-old men fucking 12-year-olds?
2: Too many for comfort, Nathan.
1: <laughs> exactly. So a guy 10 years her younger, this is refreshing. Yeah,
2: she would have been about 45 now. So he's 35. So it's not like he's a child. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So get a girl. Yeah. Um, also, he had only one yeah. eye. Um, And this makes me love him even more. He He lost it in a bar fight.
2: Some (laughs) people, and I don't know, I couldn't tell if this was just salacious rumor or real life, but some people say that the Orloff brothers are the one that he got in the bar fight with when he lost his eye.
1: Ooh, scandal on the cover of Russian Star Oh my God, this would be
2: all over People Magazine.
1: Oh, last click, click,
2: click. Yes!
1: (laughs) But even with his one eye, um, like I said, I think he's kind of super sexy. Like, I would find him sexy even with one eye. That, like, fuck you. That's
2: what contemporaries say. This dude just oozed sex. Like, he was mm. just, like, charismatic mm. and, mm. like, just good looking and, like, rugged mm. with the one mm. eye. Mm. Uh, <laughs> there was a rumor this is one of the only like salacious rumors of her sex life that i'm even gonna get into because i was like what um that she had a porcelain cast of his little potemkin made
1: oh uh, and by that you mean
2: yes (laughs) yes
1: (laughs) i know it's 95% possible that it's false, but maybe that D was just so good that she had to get a cast of it, honey. I
2: don't, I mean... Anyway.
1: (laughs) But it wasn't just a physical connection. Though the physical part wasn't that bad. Uh, uh, Mentally, they challenged each other. He was the lover, her political advisor, her best friend, her head general.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they were it was so much more than just what was going on in the bedroom. Like they mm-hmm. connected on every single level. They, they fucked like crazy. They fought like crazy. They made policy together. They made military moves together. Everything they, they- made
1: love together. Yes. <laughs> just a lot of fucking and fighting and love. Yes. So like many passionate relationships, like that um there's also a little bit of jealousy mm-hmm. um in fact he got us so jealous of her past relationship that they got in this huge fight and he accused her of sleeping with dozens of men which is probably where some of these rumors started about her sex life he fight. accused
2: her of sleeping <laughs> with 15 men and like if she was a man in her 40s that was like a king back then 15 women would be nothing but since he, Oh, that
1: would be your first year of business. Yeah,
2: but since he, he accused her of sleeping with 15 men, and that since she was a woman, it was like, 15! Oh my God! She's the whore of Babylon! Oh.
1: <laughs> Don't call me by my middle name, Katie. Oh, sorry.
2: Nathan, the whore of Babylon.
1: So as a result of all of these horish accusations, uh, she sat down and wrote him a letter which summarized every single sexual relationship that she'd had, had up to that point, which was, you know, including him five yeah. men. Like not that many. And I don't if some if I did that, we'd have a novel. Yes, yeah,
2: so it would be a completely <laughs> different story, Nathan. It would
1: be the phone book.
2: <laughs> but that letter still survives and it's really unique because it I mean there's not a whole lot of pieces of work out there right now that describe the sex life in that kind of I mean it's not like nitty gritty detail, but it's more about like her emotional detail to each one of those men.
1: For sure. It's,
2: it's yeah. And she even wrote in it, she was like, Saltykov, he was a fuck boy. I didn't know any better. And then when she talks about Orlov, she was like, if he just could have kept in his pants, I would have been with him for the rest of his life. So don't make that mistake. And
1: I am living for her openness yes. and her honesty and being completely I mean I don't think she necessarily
2: lover. owed this to him. But you know, if you
1: whatever, I know many, I know many married couples that just don't talk about who they fucked in the past. I mean, that's just seems healthy to me.
2: But (laughs) anyway, but like um, in this letter, like to end it to him, she is just like my heart loathes for every hour that I'm not with you, and so again, the drama. She she is she is a drama queen, but it just goes to show our girl just. She needs love. She needs love mm. in her life. She need a, She needs a man that loves her because she didn't get enough love in her childhood. And that's showbiz. And kid. that's showbiz. Yeah. Kid. Uh,
1: <laughs> this didn't go unnoticed at court either. Everybody knows. Yeah. Like people would come up, bring her reports each morning, and eventually they were just used to seeing him like run around butt ass naked to catch his underwear yeah he's like like he's like oh whoops hold on yeah he's like
2: oh we weren't (laughs) expecting you all so early putting on his panties like yeah he was just always around and after a few months yeah people are just like (laughs) all right Potemkin they just start treating them as co rulers basically
1: Uh, so he she has finally found this guy who's gonna give her everything that she wants in a relationship you know she's 45 at this time she's on top of the world in russia in fact uh she's got this guy she's gaining respect by her people getting land winning wars like everything is going (laughs) great for her (laughs) (laughs) she's
2: (laughs) gathered the great
1: yeah you got that
2: but then uh, womp 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 remember her son Paul
1: oh god that fucking guy well we haven't talked about
2: him and we haven't really mentioned him in about like 15 years of his life he
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah well uh,
2: he's easy to forget because yeah. Catherine was never like allowed to be part of her children's lives. So they just don't really p- play a big part in her story.
1: But he's he's like 20 years old. And now he's 20. <laughs> Until he's an adult. Until- and Catherine's like, uh, I don't like I him. I don't particularly Bye. care for
2: him. He's exactly like Peter. Paul
1: uh, is mm-hmm.
2: exactly like Peter. He looks like Peter. It's like,
1: he- it's like Judy and Liza, honey.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like peter he acts like peter he's not an intellectual he's super into military drills from prussia and-
1: but does he sing like peter, peter. <laughs> no but for real he looks exactly like he looks like a spitting image yes. of his of paul i honestly okay. what do so we catherine think? says that- what do we think because yeah, in catherine- catherine's
2: memoirs she wrote mm-hmm. i did not fuck that man
1: that is just like Bill Clinton saying that he did not have sexual relations with that oh, man. It's the same thing. She's saying I did not have sexual
2: relations with that man. I she think because I think it's because she was embarrassed. But he That's was her she, husband. What do we think? Do we think she lied about that?
1: Shady Lady University. You think so. The, the, winner of the, the winner of the war writes the history. Okay. That's always been my light tagline. And I feel like she won this PR battle. So she can say whatever the hell she wants about Peter the Third. Okay. You know? So she's like, mm, I didn't fuck him. And everyone's like, okay, you didn't.
2: But she But then did. this, but then her son turns out looking exactly like him. It's a very Mio Farrah Fer- Um Mia Farrow, Woody Allen, uh, Frank Sinatra type of situation going on.
1: Ronan Farrow? Ronan Farrow.
2: Well, Mia's his mom. Oh, yeah. Because Ronan Farrow is supposed to be Woody Allen's son, but looks exactly like Frank Sinatra.
1: Um, It's one of those moments.
2: Yeah. And so I I have to agree. And I, I posted this on both our Instagram and our Twitter. And everybody on there also agrees that she was just like, well, there were several reasons for her to try to yeah. say mm-hmm. that Paul wasn't actually Peter's son because one, he has more right to the throne and two, she would be embarrassed to say she ever slept with Peter because we've met him. He's embarrassing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think they, they must have banged once or twice. And even though Salty Cough was a fuck boy, it was less embarrassing to admit to hooking up with him. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: for sure. So baby Paul doesn't particularly like his mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he thinks that she killed his father. So obviously he has it in his head that, you know, Catherine has no right to the throne. You know, she, he's the rightful heir and he's old enough to run this shit. Now yeah. he's in his 20s. Um,
2: it makes me think of like, he idolizes his father so much who he doesn't remember you know and maybe if he actually knew him would be like oh but he's Good. surrounded by these people who are telling him your father was a great man because that's what he wants to hear and your mother had him murdered so there's this huge rift between them
1: yeah the two of them just never really had that chance
2: to be close mm-hmm. to be honest mm-hmm. well he was swept away how like yeah she never got a chance you know
1: Catherine is like indifferent to him and paul hating her paul wanted to have his court and start having you know real ruling responsibilities but Catherine saw him as a political opponent obviously mm-hmm. and he needed to be taken out and she kind of treated him that way as her own child
2: yeah <laughs> he was he was a pawn he was an opponent to be beaten
1: Russian politics not her this son is Russian politics. yeah
2: it's really so, sad
1: yeah and what that thing a lot of people are like well how can Catherine do to her child what was done to her yeah you know like how you know how are you going to treat your kid the same way that you were treated but
2: I but she's got a she she's got forces coming at her from every direction that she's already got to fight off. So she has to fight off her son too now. It's
1: And she was so ingrained in the Ro- Russian culture anyway. Yeah. And so this has just been her upbringing. So I don't think she knew any better. Yeah. To be honest with you. So people that hate on her for making this decision. I'm like, this is part of her training. Right? Her, This is the way she was raised.
2: To make sure that Paul couldn't one day pop up and do a coup against her. Like she had done previously is that she made sure that he was not involved in politics or running the country at all so he had he was never seen in public so people didn't think of like the general public didn't think of him as a ruler he would never he wasn't taught like the history or the inner workings like she made sure his education was really minimal which Isn't a great way to train a one day emperor, but I guess is a great way to keep your rival down, which is what she thought of her son, which is so sad.
1: I know it's so fucking sad. Like he has kids, they sweep them away. She's guilty for that. Isn't that crazy? Like as
2: just like Elizabeth had done to her, which had fucked her up so bad. As soon as Peter's children were born she swept them away and raised them as her own
1: it's like i'm just seeing this broken record playing over and over and over again in her life and this is that's part of it is that she's just this is what happened to her
2: peter or i'm sorry paul did get to raise some of his kids because i think he had six in the end um but the first two boys who were named alexander and constantine uh yeah Catherine took away to her own court to raise as her own children. She was like, well, these are the two. One of these are going to be heir. Maybe I can pass you up. So I'm going to raise these two kids. Um,
1: It sounds brutal, but honestly, I don't. I think she was just doing what she was taught. So she's got her heir. She's got, you know, she can raise him the way that she likes him. And she may not really know what to do since she's, you know, never actually raised a child before <laughs> there's that uh she's got a man that she loves uh she's finally commanding the respect for her country that she obviously deserves and she's decides okay time for me to start making some fucking reforms you know come on russia let's get come in on russia formation. now
2: let's get in formation i'm gonna put some fucking reforms in place and i'm an autocrat so y'all can't actually fight me on this
1: So fight me. That's where we're gonna leave.
2: That's where we're gonna leave this episode. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. Oh my god, I can't wait to hear the rest of it.
0: Uh,
2: Cheers, cheers.
0: Hello, everyone. Taku, you here?
2: And I'm Gabby.
0: And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is well, I mean it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis?